can you return to a fulfilling, challenging and successful career after a long career break? After listening to this collection of returner stories, we hope your answer will be a resounding yes. I'm Karen. And I'm Liz. We're both coaches with Women Returners, the Return to Work Specialists. We work with employers and career returners to enable professionals to return to satisfying and fulfilling work after career breaks of two, five or 15 plus years. Over the years, we've coached hundreds of career returners and we're excited to share some of their inspirational stories with you. On our Career Returners podcast, you'll hear from a diverse range of people who are successfully back at work after taking long career breaks for childcare, eldercare, health, relocation or other reasons. They share the ups and downs of their return to work journeys, the challenges, the rewards and their learnings. After each story, Liz and I will chat over some of the key themes that emerged and share some of our top return to work tips. A big thank you to JP Morgan for supporting us to bring this podcast to life. Now in its ninth year, the JP Morgan re-entry program offers experienced professionals who've taken a career break of at least two years the support and resources they need to relaunch their careers. Currently running in the UK, US, Europe, India, Singapore and Hong Kong, JP Morgan's re-entry program provides a fully supported transition back to work. In keeping with the international reach of their programme, in Series 2 of our podcast, we've captured stories of returners returning to work both in the UK and in other countries. After listening to this episode, do head along to womenreturners.com, where you'll find lots of advice, over 100 success stories, and a range of return-to-work opportunities for people on a career break wanting to get back to work. And do also sign up to our free network and Facebook group for extra support and connection. And now, over to this week's guest. I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, Alia Hajia. Alia is an experienced civil engineer who built a successful career in construction in her home country, Iraq, and then subsequently in the UK. After relocating to Dubai with her husband, she took a 10-year career break to raise her three daughters. Once back in the UK and ready to resume her career, she found the route back to work more challenging than expected. Alia's story is one of resilience, positivity and action. And in March 2021, she found success through the Skanska Kostain Strasberg Joint Venture Returner Programme. Alia, welcome. That's a nice intro. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us a little bit about your career background and experience before you took a break, Alia. So I'm uh, qualified as a civil engineer, uh, graduated um, in 2000, and I worked at the building and construction uh, engineering departments for about three years. After the war, we got to uh, opportunity to work in um, uh, Iraqi infrastructure program. And uh, I was delighted to be part of that program, working for Bechtel Corporation uh, and stayed there for um about two years until the program finished and I got transferred to uh, London to work in the rail industry with Global Business Unit for Bechtel and I stayed there for about two years and then uh, met my husband, got married. He met to live in the UAE so that's why I moved to the UAE. That's when my career break started. So you've lived and you've worked in, in several countries, so your home country of Iraq, the UAE and now the UK. What do you think working in different countries has given you? 
And what do you think you've learned about yourself through this? I think you learn about respecting other people's um, local customs and um, you have that beautiful exposure to different cultures. Um, coming to the UK with the mother tongue is Arabic is actually put my um, communication skills and my English <laughs> into the test. And you have to learn about the custom, the culture, how the system is working, um, reading signs. You learn a lot of things little things that you would never probably think about it because you're living here in the UK. So yeah, it was it was it was a good experience. You know, it's so fantastic to hear about how that experience of living in different countries really helped to open your eyes to different cultures, people, different ways and doing things. And as you say, really helped to boost your communication skills. Also, I guess in, in living in different countries, you're, you know, you are learning to build a new life for yourself and having to manage yeah. that transition and, and all the change that comes with that. How was that for you? What, what did you learn through that process? I think when you put in that position of you're in it, you have to deal with it. It's just you have to be, you know, able to do it yourself. And um, you just learn from uh, other people, ask, you know, friends or people who are working with you. It teaches me it's okay to ask any questions because otherwise you'll be lost, you know, and you'll be going in a circle. So, yeah, it, it's really good. You find yourself all of a sudden uh, responsible for, um, you know, uh, living, accommodation, paying bills, which, you know, appreciating your families, uh, what they've done for you all of your life. Terrifying in the beginning, I remember, you know, um, arriving in the UK, sobbing the first night. I was thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm I'm here. It's actually happening and I'm you have to say, you know what, we can do it. You know, I made it here. So this is like halfway. You just need to keep going and make your family proud. What skills and strengths did you really draw on during that time? Because that sounds, that sounds really difficult. And during your time in Iraq, you experienced the reality of living and working through the Iraq war. I'm interested to explore with you how that time shaped your perspective and influenced who you are today. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's very emotional, actually. Leaving the house during working in Iraq, my mum, she would never know that if I'm going to go back alive or not. So you're leaving your house, lacking the simplest thing, which is being safe. And you're sitting in the office and you can hear the missiles or the, the rockets going over your head. And you have that mix of emotions that you're happy because you hear it. That means you're still alive. But at the same time, you're thinking, did it hurt other people? We take things, a lot of things for granted. So living in a war taught me to actually appreciate what I have now. Looking at things more positively, I would say, being more positive. You, have, you start to build that positive attitude towards life, towards what you're facing every day. And how important these things are, you know, you start to look at things are, are they really need to worry about or, or worry over these things. It is really that important to you. What's really important to you for, in life? So my perspective completely changed, but in a good way. What a, an experience for you to have lived through and worked through. And like you say, basic needs such as safety, yeah. things that we take for granted every day. It's a huge dose of perspective, isn't it? Um, for you to have lived and worked through that period. And definitely that's what comes through in your journey. It's that positivity, that resilience, that strength that you draw on to keep going and stay the course. You told us, Alia, that um, 
when you relocated with your husband, that was a, a time to start your family and to take a career break. And in the end, you took a 10-year career break to raise your, your three girls. Tell us a little bit about that time in your life. And in particular, what were some of the experiences during that period that you think really helped you as you returned to work? Starting a family is you need to learn to adapt to changes. Even when you plan ahead, there will be still changes to the last minute. So your communication skill gets better and better. I would say using your time management effectively, building strategies to uh, do things, prioritize them, prioritize your, your work load so you don't get feel you don't feel overloaded. There is always plan B. So yeah, I would say, you know, adapting to um, changes, time management, prioritize your work. All of these things that helped you to actually, you know, overcome what you have to face when you go back to work. So one of the things that struck us most, Alia, about your story, and we've touched on this a little bit already, but it's just your sheer resilience and your tenacity. And I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about the fears and challenges that you encountered when you, when you looked to return to work. You know, how did you overcome those? Fears of rejection, fears of I think not finding the direction how to go back to work, you feel like very lost. You don't know where to go. Who do you talk to? Working in a very a global company is actually it made it even harder because all the people that you worked with, they've left to another project that is away from where you live now. So it's very difficult to communicate with them. You still got a few connections with other, you know, work colleagues that you have, you know, personal details and you can speak to them. But again, they work in a different country. So I found it very difficult for me finding the way how to go back to work. It's, it was really, really challenging. Then you start talking to other people, friends, families, Kids' mums who used to at the you know at the playground and you start asking them you know actually I'm you know I'm I wanted to go back to work and what's the steps and how do you do it? You start building an idea how how to go back and you're building your strategy. When you get a rejection one after the other, and I've got a quite a few of them, you start having very numb feeling that it's oh, it's not going to happen. It's very difficult this is going nowhere, you feel like you've lost, then you start saying, okay, I'm going to look for something that is not related to what to I've actually studied or worked in. And, I'm, and you feel like even drifted even more. You got deflated, then you start going back to surround yourself with the right people, you know, your family, your friends who really care for you, and they will start reminding you about, you know, you, you've gone to the UK by yourself, you've done this before, you lived in a war. Um, all of these things are actually like a, they were like a wake-up calls to me. I say, actually, yeah, I've done it, you know. I shouldn't give up, you know. It's not so hard. I'm sure they will be they will be a light. And, and I remember, you know, my mum and dad, they will always say to me, you've done it, you came to the UK by yourself. It's not going to be harder than that. I think that's so powerful listening to you talk there, Elia. And I think, you know, this is the, the journey of returnship. It's about not giving up and it's about understanding that there will be many rejections along the way. And some days we can take that personally. It can hit us hard. It can really knock our confidence. We can feel overwhelmed and, and question why we're even doing this. Yeah. And 
I love your story. It really illustrates that you have that shift in perspective. You've reached out to the, you know, the love of your friends and family, the support, the advice and network that you've got around you. And you've had that perspective where you thought, actually, you know, I've lived through a war. You know, I've moved, I've relocated to the UK. All of those things that have made you who you are. Having that right positive attitude it actually help you to to you know to protect to to reach what you what your goal is it's it's very important is it's really crucial to have the right attitude towards your goal i love the fact that you talk about looking back at those moments in your life where they were challenging and where you had to be resilient but you were resilient and you did move forward and it's almost as when we have when we have those moments if we can look back to those times where we have been able to push through then that can give us strength yeah. and that can help us in in the dark times so you talk about mindset you talk about positivity you talk about looking for the brightness tell us what helped you to then move forward how did you go from a place where you know you were getting rejections you were feeling uh low what what helped to move you forward what did you do what was your plan i would say the feedback from other people and these rejections actually sometimes it's a, a first step to going forward and then you start building your itinerary what things i need to work on i need to go and attend probably workshops and you start going and, and contact these companies looking online having that willingness to search other platforms rather than just going to the agencies or going to website to look for jobs. So, okay, what's my dream job? So building that passion or rebuild your passion towards the, you know, the job that we, you wanted to, to achieve and, and work towards it. And that's exactly what I did. I said, this is what I enjoy doing and I'm going to keep going until I, you know, I reach to my goal. You'll find it, you know, you when people tell you, okay, I've, you know, I've got to this interview and I got rejected. Well, that's, that's really good. So you've got, this is a practice, they used to tell me, you know, don't take it as, you know, it's a personal, it's a practice for your interview for the next one. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to keep going. And you just have to keep going and, you know, until you reach your goal, don't give up. It's just, we shouldn't give up. Alia, share with us, if you may, how many rejections you had on your return to work journey. Oh gosh, it's nearly 200. And there were some of them in my uh, field. Some of them are not in my field because I start saying, okay, people start thinking, why don't you lower your expectation and look for something that is not related to your work? I said, okay, well, I start looking for other things, but my passion wasn't there. But then you speak to other mums who are trying and they will say, well, we applied. And when you see them achieving their goal, you say, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. And what I loved about what you said is that for you, what was so important was to focus on, you know, what is what is my passion here? And that's something that we, you know, we do. We talk to returners about all the time, about tapping into what are their strengths? What are the things that they enjoy doing? What's important to them now? What's, where do they want to go? Because it may well be very different now at this stage of your life than it was in your 20s and, and, and 30s. And so reconnecting with that vision is so key. And then it was like, well, how am I going to get there? And you talked about, you know, looking at different resources on the internet. I know that you got in touch with your local council and they ran workshops, didn't they, on CVs and interview skills. That's right. And so um, after all those rejections, which you, you took as a learning experience and you viewed positively, which is 
fantastic. You kept going and eventually you did get your first breakthrough, didn't you? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, I spoke to a friend and um, she said her company are running this returners, women's returners. So I went straight away to the internet. So I applied. They said, okay, we rejected this, but we're giving you another opportunity, which is a returners program where you work for six months in a contract and things like that. And I said, is it for free? (laughs) I didn't know what the returners program is all about. They said, no, 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 it's actually a job. And if they want you to be a permanent in that position, they can actually keep you after the contract is finished. So I said, yeah, brilliant. I'm taking it on. And that was in in January 20. So I joined the organization and I was very delightful. But then COVID hit us after, you know, a few months and that's killed my hope. And then my my role wasn't longer needed, but I stayed there until the end of my contract. But it was such a great experience and overwhelming because going after 10 years and finding actually my way to go back and work in the same field that I have the passion for, it was a beautiful experience and I loved it. And it has a special thing in my heart because this is the first step actually going back to work after 10 years. So it was brilliant. It was brilliant. That must have been so exciting after the journey that you had gone through to get there. Tell us about those first few weeks in role. How were you feeling? So there was that excitement, but what were some of the highlights? What What were some of the challenges for you? I remember the first day going in the office, they said to me, oh, you don't have to do all of these, you know, induction, just take it easy and things like that. I've got my laptop. And when I worked in the project, all of a sudden I found myself with the three screens and three monitors I've got in front of me and a, and a laptop. And I haven't worked on a laptop for so long. I was like, oh my God, you know, it's very overwhelming and things are flying, information's going all over. And it was a different different sector. I was like, oh gosh, you know, but the company, they had a really good program about easing you in and also having a meeting with the people to tell you more about what you are going to be responsible for. I would say the returns program is actually, it's not so scary it is be probably will be overwhelming for a few days, but then you know as soon as you be having these sessions, coaching sessions with the women's returners, you will start to know what you have to work on, what do you need to learn through that time, and the company actually will have again their, their program to help you, um, you know, navigate your way and find yourself in the company and build your own uh, existence in that team. It was great. It was overwhelming the first, I would say, two weeks, but I was delightful. Like I said, I think my line manager was so proud of me because she said to me, again, she said, she's the first person I worked from Iraq. So she said, that's a a new to me. And she said, it's very bravery of you to actually go back to work, you know, with full steam ahead, you know, um, after 10 years of break, which is great. Yeah, it was it was it was good. It was a good experience. So thinking about that feeling of being nervous about getting back up to speed again professionally, obviously you had that great support of the returnship program to help you, the support of the coaching sessions and your line manager. How long did it take you to you know to feel like you were getting back up to speed? And what was was it that helped you along the way? I would say about two months. Two months to feel like you actually understood the company's policies and uh, processes and takes time but two months to actually put you into speed into your role uh, for me 
um, it was great. And you're learning every day. You're learning. You know, you learn new things every day, and you ask questions, and people will answer. Never be afraid of asking if you didn't know about anything. You'll be surprised how many people would love to share their knowledge and their informations with you when they have a spare time. If they couldn't do it straight away, please can I, you know, have a slot to actually go through this because I don't understand or I would like to have more visibility about it and be frank with your line manager if you have you know issues in understanding something or you wanted to be involved in something that uh, you find passion about and you would love to take the initiative you know and say well I would like to get involved in this and be be more visible don't be afraid to be more visible because uh, I think people would would like to see people who are passionate about what they're doing. So Alias, you told us that this first opportunity back to work didn't turn into a permanent role because of COVID. So you found yourself back in the situation where you'd kind of gone back to work, you'd you'd got over that, that break in your career, but now you were looking again for something. Tell us a little bit about how you found the role that you're now currently in under the Skanska Kostein Strabag joint venture project. When I ended my contract, when my contract ended with um, with my company, and uh, I found myself, okay, I'm looking back again to look for work. It's like going back to square one. But this time, I had a hope because I said, you know what, I've done it the first time. I'm gonna find another job like I did last time. So I kept on looking, looking, you know, again searching, but things were really, really slowing down during the lockdown. So and then uh, I came across uh, women into construction organization, and they were offering a workshop and placement to work and to, if you like to change your career. And I was thinking, you know what? I've been off for about some times and I meet the criteria. I'm just going to go and apply for it. I said, okay, well, that gave me an, an opportunity to work in the construction industry again, you know, and maybe instead of me working in the office, I'll be working on site. And they said to me, what do you want? And I said, I love being in project controls that role, I love it and I want to be in it. So I went back to the, and give them a feedback to the project manager for the women in constructions. And I said to her, my passion is in, in this field. I want to go back. So she assigned me to mentoring program. And that mentoring program, it was, I would say, the eye opener to my CV. It made me actually appreciate what I have actually achieved. But when you look at every single line and how much you achieved in that period of time, you say, oh, my God, I've done so much. I achieved so much. I've learned so much. And um, you start appreciating your work and yourself as a person. So, and he he gave me like the, you know, the naked truth about my CV. And he said, well, you need to improve it here. And then you work, to, work on it here. So it was a great opportunity that I'm thankful and grateful for. And um, then I applied for um, uh, a job. Again, I think things start to pick up after the second lockdown. And I got a job with... Um, uh, SCS, which is, you know, Skanska, Kastain and uh, Stravag uh, Railwell um, joint venture. And then uh, I was so happy I found, and I accepted that job, you know, immediately. And I was very, very delightful, you know, to be part of that team. And it was great. It was great. Again, it's, it's again, another, you know, opportunity that I'm very happy that I came across. I, I love that you talk about 
having that hope. So the first opportunity didn't work out, but you knew that you'd done it. And so that gave you hope that if you've done it once, you can do it again. And you talk again about you know, right, going into action. What What is it that I can do? And you you looked to your networks, you joined the Women Into Construction Network, you got yourself a mentor through that who really helped to open your eyes up to the different opportunities that were there and the different placements were there. And you got the next opportunity where you've been happily enrolled now for, you know, over a year and, and all over is going year. well. When you look back at the journey that you have been on, What are some of the things that you would say you are most proud of? So both personally and professionally in your return to work journey. I think, first of all, as a mother, because I'm privately done it without anybody's help or, you know, support, I would say I've got family, but I'm proud to do it by myself. I wanted to do it by myself. I wanted to have that career break, to be honest. And I enjoyed it every single bit. And then... um, I think I'm proud of leaving my country and starting a new life here by myself. That is That was a big achievement, I think. I enjoyed it as much as I was scared of it. But I think, you know, my father's words, they were like, you know, I can see myself in you. It made me really like proud and wanted to take that journey. And professionally, I would say going back to work after all these years, it made me really proud because when people would say, I said to them, oh, I, wanna, I was on a career break for 10 years. I said, wow, oh, wow, you don't look like you've been on a career break for 10 years. It seemed like you've been there forever. I was thinking, oh, gosh, that's really, it's, it's really good. It gives you that energy to, to keep, you know, keep going. I think if, if people can see that you can do things, they will help you to achieve it. They will help you to make it happen. Absolutely. And I know that's why you were so keen to share your story with us, Alia. Yeah. I think it's, you know, the the whole piece of, about personally being proud to be a mum, proud to proud to have that career break and that you wanted that career break and you absolutely can make it happen. And your strong story of resilience, the fact that you kept going through all of those challenges that that appeared for you, breaking some cultural norms for you as well, leaving Iraq and living and having a, a life independently of your own. I love how you talk about your father's pride in you. Just fantastic. Is there anything that you wish you'd known at the start of your return to work journey? Don't divert yourself from your dream work job. Don't divert your 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 goal, and don't look for alternatives and other than achieving your your dream job. There's things that you like to do. Don't compromise your your dream job. You know, don't underestimate yourself. So don't devalue your work experience. This is all adding up to your experience. We're learning every day. We're learning every day. I think there's so much to consider there, isn't there? And and how often do we really pause to reflect yeah. on our value, what we bring, what we can offer? I think it's it's something that we don't do. And often we're not very good at recognising that in ourselves and being able to to push that forward and, and market it and own and be proud of what we've done. That's so true. That's so true. We always underestimate our achievement as ladies. I don't know especially like me, because we work in a construction, which is, you know, male dominant. You feel like, do I need to actually talk and tell them I actually achieved this and I've done that? It's just we need to be like more more vocal 
to say we actually achieved a lot and we've done so far, we can, we can do even more. I love that. And in terms of, for our listeners today, some of that fantastic advice that you've shared there, Alia, around, you know, first of all, being proud of that career break. Then when you are looking to get back to work, really seeking out all the different opportunities, the people in your network that can help give you some ideas and help you explore different paths. But that piece around, you know, not underestimating yourself, not undervaluing your experience and staying focused on that dream. You know, it may take a little while to get there, but keeping focused and taking on feedback is really going to help move you forward in the direction that you want to go. And that, that final piece around making sure that you appreciate the good stuff that's happening and that you stay positive and that you surround yourself with supporters, whether it's if you're lucky enough to have a mentor or if it's just your friends and family, the people that are going to pick you up yeah. when you're having a bad day and, and really help to remind you of the achievements you've had, of the strengths that you have. Really fabulous advice. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today. Really fascinating story of resilience and positivity and action. And I'm sure you'll be a fantastic inspiration to our listeners. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Liz, I found our conversation with Alia so inspiring. Her background growing up and working in Iraq under the backdrop of war really equipped her with a strength of character and resilience that shone through as she built her life in the UK, raised her young children and then looked to return to fulfilling work as an engineer after a 10-year career break. Yes, and I think it gave her the tools to keep going despite all the rejection she received and the times when she sometimes felt really lost and that she was never going to find the right job. We know that for many returners, there are ups and downs in their return to work journey, but the important thing is to keep going and to take the learnings from any rejections and to keep moving forward. Yeah, and I loved when she started talking about building a strategy for success, who to talk to, what agencies to contact, what resources and workshops she could access through her local council, and crucially, who to surround herself with, who would raise her up and remind her of the strengths, skills and experiences that she could bring to a job. Yes, there were moments in the midst of the rejections, weren't there, that she contemplated settling for a role unrelated to her field, but she knew her passion wasn't there and that gave her the drive to keep focused on finding the right job. When we talk to returners about returning to work, so many focus first on pay or seniority or the flexibility they think they need, but where circumstances allow, it's so important to consider what's going to be fulfilling work and namely work that you'd enjoy doing that plays to your strengths and really utilises your skills and experiences. Absolutely, as that's the key to being positive and productive at work, isn't it? And Alia managed to retain that hope even after a global pandemic came along and scuppered her chances of her first role back being made permanent. She knew she'd succeeded before and she'd succeed again. This time, her tenacity made her look for another route in as opportunities dried up at the start of the pandemic. Joining a Women in Construction network offered her a placement and mentoring which built her confidence, increased her network and opened up new opportunities which led to her current role at Skanska Kostain Strabag. So as you return to work, build confidence from the strengths, skills and experiences you've built during your career and your career break, just as Alia did, and stay focused on what you believe will be fulfilling work going forwards. 
Use rejections as an opportunity to learn and build insight as to what you're looking for now and continue to take small steps to move forwards towards the right role. Thanks for joining us today and we really hope that this story will inspire you to take the next step in your own return to work journey. Do tell your friends and family about the Career Returners podcast. And when you get a moment, we'd love you to subscribe, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. A big thanks again to JP Morgan for supporting us to create this podcast series. JP Morgan has supported professionals on a career break to successfully return to work for many years and values the diversity, fresh perspective and wealth of experience that returning professionals can bring. Take a look at their successful re-entry programme if you're thinking about returning to work. And if you're looking for more advice and guidance in your own return to work journey, we're here to support you. Visit us at womenreturners.com and sign up to our free Women Returners professional network to hear about current returner opportunities and events, including our free monthly webinars for network members. And do join our growing community of returners in our Facebook group for valuable peer support. We look forward to you joining us again for our next episode of the Career Returners podcast.